Welcome back to another episode of Capes and Tights. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This is a comic book and pop culture podcast. Back for another episode. Adam's off again this week. We'll get him back on a regular schedule here pretty soon, but he's dealing with some things out in Illinois, and we'll make this work at some point. Hey, it's the, it's the life we live, the world we live in, but we're back. I got local writer, comic book creator, producer, whatever you want to call it, co-publisher, Joseph Schmalky right here on the podcast this week to talk his new book, Seven Years in Darkness, as well as all of his other books that he's been putting out over the past few years. The talented, talented, talented comic book story writer, storyteller, I should say, is here and here to talk comics. So check this episode out. But before we get started, check us out on capesandtights.com, Apple, Spotify, all your major podcasting platforms, as well as Facebook and Instagram at Capes and Tights Podcast and on Twitter at Capes Tights Pod. Again, find all that at capesandtights.com. But this time around, we're here to talk Joseph Schmalky from Portland, Maine, co-publisher of Black Caravan, and the creator and artist on Seven Years in Darkness, a new title coming out here pretty soon. So check it out here on Capes and Tights. Enjoy, everybody. How's it going, Joe? Welcome to the program. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, man. It's sunny and and and, and happy, and and it's like 70 degrees out, which is like my perfect temperature. So we're all good. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, when did we see each other? Like a month ago? Yeah, right around a month ago. Yep. Yeah, it, it got hot there for a minute, <laughs> you know, which which I didn't like. I uh, I moved up north for a reason, and it's because I don't like heat. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I like it here in Maine today. Today was like me and my daughter were outside and we were like, you could bottle this air and sell it. It's perfect. <laughs> it's exactly. And you just got back from Florida, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, listen, Florida, <laughs> I, I lived down there when I was in middle school. Um, it was it was kind of brutal for me. I, I know Floridians are like, you wimp, but like come up here during the winter and say the same yes. thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was like 90 degrees and humid and we had crazy torrential downpours and stuff. Uh, but Megacon was gigantic. Um, if you want to go to something that's like New York or San Diego size, that's not New York or San Diego, go to Megacon. Have they been doing that for a while? I've actually, I, I, it's weird to me. I don't know why I haven't heard much about it. Is it new? You know, or is it... I guess, I guess the show's always been this size, okay. everything, but it really didn't have the sort of uh draw to the comic book community that it did this time my i've done other fan expo shows mm. this this is a good one this is a okay. good fan expo show i so. feel like everybody was there i said every time i look at a comic book artist or a celebrity guest or something like that i was like wow everybody just in the world is that megacon this weekend i guess <laughs> yeah and uh, uh my friend uh david byrne he he had so me and him uh he's the publisher over at scout Okay. I'm a publisher at Black Caravan, so we, we work together in a professional capacity, and then he put out Cancelled, uh, uh, number one with us. It's called, the title is actually Black Caravan Premiere, Cancelled, number one. Uh, David Burns, Cancelled, number one. Anyway, there was an exclusive at the show, and I it was flipping for thousands of dollars, so it became overnight the most valuable, single most valuable Scout comic ever. That's insane. Yes. 
it, it's a carbon fiber cop uh, comic book, and there were only like thirty three of them made. So yeah, so that's that's the thing we get into. Uh, uh, Paul Eaton of Glass of Comics and Collectibles in Bangor. We talk variant covers at one point and talk about how like. You know, when variant covers first came out in the 90s or actually in the 80s, but into the 90s, it was like some of the gimmicky things they started to do with them. And I feel like I hate the word gimmicky because it's not. A, it's I like not the wrong, uniqueness. Listen, let's just let's be honest about it. Yeah. It is a gimmick cover. Yeah. No, but is there is there something shameful about that? No, not really. If if you're a true collector and you <laughs> you like these creators and you love these series, you know, there's special offerings out there for people. And I think that's cool. You know, uh, honestly, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I always have qualms about these kinds of mm -hmm. things, right? Variant covers and are we killing the industry and stuff like that? I really don't see it this time around, but mm -hmm. it could be wrong. you never know. Well, I, I, we talked uh, like, slightly on the idea that like you have had the opportunity. I mean, right behind me, it's hard to see, but I've got your crossover cover right there. So you've had the opportunity to do covers for a bunch of different uh, comic books that weren't yours. And that's what the variant cover industry gives you is the ability to have some of these artists have an opportunity to, to do art for another comic book that you're not actually attached to fully. It's just this one cover you're going to do and you're going to move sure. on. I'm not, I'm not like a 100% creator on say something mm -hmm. like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last round and right. I contribute nothing to the interiors, but now I'm like a turtle cover artist because I did a cover for last round and number one, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, doing crossover, doing, uh, I just did bloodstained teeth for him. I've worked for Image, IDW, Vault, Boom, um, which is, I think that's the most expensive cover I've ever made was Something is Killing the Children, number one. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've had some, you know, that's definitely brought eyes to me, right? And then I make, I'm a creator myself. So then that in turn, uh, if people really dig my art and how I tell stories, you know, it builds my audience too. So it's a win for everybody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, of your books that you've created, do you know which one had the most variant covers for like a number one? We don't kill spiders, number one. Okay. Oh, no, no, that's not true. I don't own the book, though. Uh, I, I co-write yeah. and I uh, illustrate the comic and it would be Count Draco Knuckle Duster, number one. That, okay. that had the most amount of variance out of the gate. I think it's tied with Phantom Starkiller. I think. Phantom Starkiller might have a few less. I'm not sure. But I'd have to go through and look at the list again. <laughs> this uh, is not information you have off the top of your head. What is wrong with you? No, I'm kidding. Uh, well, when you start getting into like 30 plus covers, you're like, that's a lot. But like uh, today, um, one of the variant cover artists for Phantom Starkiller posted a black and white version of his cover. And uh, people are like, oh, when's that one coming out? And he goes, well, I wasn't in you know, I was just showing you the pencils and they're like, yes. that should be a cover. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> if there's enough people crying for it, will we be doing it? I don't know. I mean, sells comic books, man. That's the thing. You're, you're a creator, but you're also a co-publisher. So part of your job is to sell comic books. And my job is to make books. money and make my, my, my uh, creators happy as well. Yes. 100%. Well, that's what I talked to Ben about Ben Bishop about last week on the podcast, which was, Hey man, I'm just looking at for your well-being. I know the last run is coming to an end or came to an end, and I just want to make sure you're gonna be financially okay to continue on. You know, you did make a pretty good penny off of this five-issue series. Are you gonna be okay? He's like, I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, it's one of it, you know, um, the, me and him came up together at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
we've been studio mates for a long time. We, we now work across the hall from each other. We're going to be okay. Yes. He's going to be fine. Um, but you have a new book coming out. I do. Uh, Do you have an actual release date on that yet? I know you wrote early June, but you don't know the actual date or. I was actually, before we got on this, uh, before we got on this podcast, um, I was looking to see where it was in production. I can't really tell, Mm -hmm. but it is in production. So, um, you know, it's, it's typically like a two to three week turnaround time. The difference with this one is um, I asked for them to only do effects that were, could be done in house. So the, the regular, there's a lot of variants. Are we talking (laughs) about certain things today? You can tell whatever you want, honestly, because I think I mean, this episode is not I, technically I, dropping until a week from tomorrow. And okay. some, uh, some there was already something said online about an announcement coming. So you can talk whatever you want. All right. Well, I could see your name appeared yeah. on the back of uh, one of the variants that's coming out by my friend, uh, Bob Patchick. And uh, it's a cool cover. So it's a Galactic Comics and Capes and Tights podcast. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, all the little black stuff that you had on the little yeah. around, it's gone because the That's whole fine. back cover is black. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but it does say Capes and Tights. So, um, yeah, you guys have a cover that's coming out. We have a Whatnot exclusive coming out that's done by Nate Johnson. We have an, uh, a Chuma Hill variant coming out from ECGCE. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, even in Australia, there's a D's Comics variant which is only available in australia so i mean it's it's pretty cool but the regular edition um which i'm distributing myself i've had a couple of shops interested that are that are going to buy in and uh it has a cold foiling over the entire cover so that might be adding like a day or two to to the production time because that's the largest part of the print run and so your goal is it basically in mean, your shop. So you just basically, when you get the comic books or get them to the places, that's when it's going to come out. Or is it going to be like, you're going to actually have a release date. So uh, there is no actual release date until I know that they're on their way, you know, then I can mm-hmm. talk to everybody, but I've, I've encouraged all the stores, which there are 14 or 15 part- participating shops at this time with more coming on board. Uh, now that Megacons happen, they mm-hmm. I'm not going to say definitely that these people are on board until they're like, yes, we're on board. Um, but at least 15 stores will be selling this book. It is self-published. There is no publisher attached to this besides me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have about 10 variant covers coming out for it as well. So the, the book is titled Seven Years in Darkness. Darkness. And it's uh, about a group, 72 children are conscripted to the Academy of Black Magic for a duration of seven years in an environment devoid of the sun where they learn their holy craft. And at the end of the seven years, only seven are walking out alive. That's the story. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, like I said, I don't want to spoil anything. We talked about that off recording, but like, it's definitely something they, they, they grip with or deal with right in the first issue about how this is going to change their lives, which is insane. Uh, but you learn that right in the beginning, right in the issue, you learn how big of a deal this is to, to go into this <laughs> academy. It, it is a it is a horror story mm-hmm. uh, at its base, but I think uh, an easy comparison would be it's like Squid Games or Battle Royale, Hunger Games, something like that meets Harry Potter. So, um, you know, not everybody that you meet in this book is going to survive till the end. Uh, a little bit about 
the actual book itself, it, the intention is to put out four issues a year for the next seven years. So it's going to be done in real time. Every issue will focus on a student or an administrator at the school, one of the faculty. And um, you'll get a little bit, you know, it'll unveil a little bit more about all the characters that you're going to meet and lose over the years. And uh, then you'll catch up to real time what, what's happening at this academy, uh, which is called Scholomance. So, uh, yeah. The artwork's amazing. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough of being a Patreon subscriber to uh, your Schmucky's Patreon um, that I was able to read the book this over the weekend and yet today I read it again. And I love the change in the colors. Like the colors, like the, the, towards the end, you see a little bit brighter colors and then you see the very beginning is darker. Color. I, the, everything, the colors and the artwork and the illustration is amazing on Thank the whole you. book. And it's unique. It didn't look like it took you a couple minutes to do it. It looked like it took you a little time to do <laughs> Yeah, so um, because I have a Patreon, I've I've told every you know if you subscribe to it, yeah. you're being guaranteed a couple of things. One of them is you get a discount code when I open my shop because my shop's not always open, but the mm -hmm. Patreon backers know first. Um, you get voting rights, and I think you know a bunch of you have it like doing the cold foiling process on the regular cover was a vote that was taken mm -hmm. by the patrons, and um, they voted pretty heavily to do this cold foiling on it. Uh, the, the patrons also got to vote on what the regular cover was gonna be and what the exclusive cover in the Patreon was gonna be. And that cover is only available through the Patreon. So all Patreon physical backers are getting a copy of that and the regular edition. All these other shop variants that are happening now, I'm doing a solid for all these stores because stores really, um, they're the reason that I've had the success I've had. Uh, you know, I don't work for Marvel or DC. No one's looking out for me, but the shops have. So um, it was basically their paying cost and they paid me a fee to do a variant and they get to do whatever they want with it. But I'm not getting any of those variants. If they want to give me a copy or something, that's cool. But otherwise uh, they belong to the stores so they can maintain the, the actual print runs. They'll know exactly what their print runs are and they can control that. So that, that's, yeah. that's that's really cool. It's unique too. I think that's a uh, sometimes a you know one a one in three hundred. All right, they're only doing a minimum of three hundred. But you do, do we really know how much how many prints were actually made when you actually do that? Like we have to trust whatever the story tells you is the accurate number because I and I've told them you know order exactly what you want plus damages because yeah. that's all that is ever going to be made of it. Uh, at least for this first print run, right? Um, if we do a second print of it for whatever reason, uh, there might be other exclusives that come out. You never know. But uh, I am actively looking for a publisher for this book. I don't wanna put all my eggs into one basket, right? Mm -hmm. Like right now, I think I get um, sort of lumped in with anything Black Caravan, you know, because I've worked and built that company up for a couple of years now, but I'm ready to branch out, try something else and uh, work with other people and, and you know, I, I don't want to be a one trick pony. Mm -hmm. if, if anything bad should happen, I don't want to be like locked into one publisher. I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm looking out for my future and everything. This is all I do. So it mm -hmm. makes, I, if you don't know me, I'm a warrior and I overthink things a lot. So this was uh, me making a decision to actively find another home for some of the work that I do. 
and and we're lucky enough now that there is so many homes like there isn't it's not just you know cover uh, option a or option b and, or nothing there's a lot of good places that people are making comic books and this weekend alone it looks like there are several different publishers that are interested so that's good news too now i just need to wait for uh to look at contracts and stuff like that uh, would this be something because you said seven years, four issues a year? Is this something that like would be a trade paperback with the first four issues in it? And yeah, stuff like so that, you got to think about it. It's more of like a mini series that yeah. comes out every year. Uh, by the way, I'm saying it's four issues. That's the minimum amount that yeah. will be coming out. If I can put out more in a year, I will. Um, but I have other obligations too. I've got a book called We Don't Kill Spiders that uh, will be continuing next year. So I have to work in when that gets produced. And then uh, I have two more issues coming out for the Phantom Starkiller um, storyline as well. So all of that, you know, being mixed around and it's not set in stone yet, but there is another creator uh, that I spoke to at Megacon this weekend and me and him are gonna be collaborating on something top secret mm -hmm. over the next year. That's awesome. It's a, uh, uh, the, I tell you what, my book, favorite book, one of the favorite books you've done so far is Electric Black. I, I tell you, I just I, I keep on reading issue number one over and over and over again. I, you know, it's it's a great story. It's great. I I love Rich's work in it too, because uh, obviously he does a great job in that too. And and uh, I just love the idea behind it. That's something I would love to watch a TV show, like a Netflix TV show, or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, we, we, we had that Starburns deal that was there for a minute. Uh, it sort of fell apart because of the pandemic, right? Because yeah. we signed that deal well before. Uh, the pandemic hit and because of it things got so backlogged there they only had one year to bring something to concept concept to development and just didn't work out so we have uh absorbed those rights again uh we just you know wasn't gonna move forward beyond them like talking about it at this point so um but yeah that's that's how that optioning bit works um I philosophically, I think it's awesome things get made into TV shows. Yeah. It's really cool. I just want to make comic books. So all of that is really cool, but completing projects, making a great story, that's what I ultimately care about. That's what our philosophy is at Black Caravan as well. We bring like awesome horror and sci-fi comics to people. So, yeah. It is one of those things that we are lucky and thankful enough that sometimes um, major motion pictures or TV shows help bring light to some comic books or the comic book industry as a whole. But you're right. I mean, comic books are a passion of mine and something that I really enjoy. Um, there's times where I'm almost looking at a TV show. I really wish this was a comic book. <laughs> it's the opposite side of it. Like, can someone please make a cut? And this show ended. Actually, they did that with um, NBC did Revolution. There's a show called Revolution. I've heard and of it, the, never watched it, but yeah. At the very end of the show, the show got canceled, but the, the storyteller still wanted to continue finishing out the story. And so back in the beginning of Twitter and Facebook, they published these, each panel was a different image on Facebook and they're like one of the albums. So you had to go to their Facebook page and like the page and, and to read season four, basically. And they finished the, the, the storyline in comic book form. Uh, which was pretty cool, but I was like, it would have been awesome for them to actually just continue it on. Okay, you did season yeah. four, here's season five, and so on and so forth. Because I, you know, there's something about how comic books and TV and movies do work together in a way that a comic book is written almost like a TV show would be written as well. Like it has that ability to move image you know, to panel. It, yeah, 
so one of the things that is a, is a truth is that Hollywood doesn't really want to move forward with creating movies without IP. And the easiest mm-hmm. way to make IP or intellectual property is to develop a comic book or graphic novel, right? So right now is kind of like a golden age for the entertainment industry for comic book creators because they're all kind of looking at us to build the content that they need to pitch to a movie studio. You know, if you make a successful comic book, it's a lot easier to get your your script picked up. So it's it's been really good for a lot of artists um, and people that are writers that are trying to, to break into Hollywood. They, they, they've always got a script, right? Hey, I think this make a great comic, um, which can sometimes, you know, wear you down a little bit. A guy like me doesn't really, uh, you know, I'll collaborate with the people I want to, um, but typically I, I see a lot of that happening out there now. It's like everybody that wants to make a movie also has a comic book, so that's cool. I mean, it, it, the more uh, people involved in this community, the better is my yeah. uh, take on it. But I'm really just only invested in the comic book side of things. I, I'm a, a purist that way. And I, I do realize that the real money is probably in Hollywood, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I don't want to call out another artist or writer or anything, but a comic creator, but there's a specific creator that I read and I do enjoy their stuff, but it does seem like they create the book with a great opportunity for it to be made into something else. Like you read the book and you're like, this is amazing. This is a really good book, but I, but it, but I can tell just from reading the pages that this is created so that a studio of some sort will pick it up and make it into a, a TV show or a movie. And it just seems like each book that this person puts out is the same similar format, that it, it's going to be something There's else. nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. at all. Uh, those people have to hire artists that work in the industry. So somebody's yeah. getting paid and yeah. somebody that knows what they're doing is cashing in on this too. So please don't, don't stop sending your Hollywood no, no, ideas no. to us. We like that. Uh, it puts food on the table. Kind of exactly. Thing. But I do like I mean, your idea of if it gets made into something cool, it gets made into something, but it's not what you're creating it for in the first place. You're creating it because you like to do the work. It's, it's the, you know, that's the, you know, it's just gravy on top of everything. If it yes. That's all. Well, I mean, back, you know, back, I mean, our, our authors of, of actual novels hope they're are writing books to write books. They're not looking to get their, their, their book made into a, a screenplay at some point. I mean, obviously they will if they do, but the authors are made, looking to make books. That's what they want to do. They want to make books. You're a writer because so, you're a yep. writer. You're mm-hmm. an artist because you're an artist, that kind of thing. So, and I'm a comic book creator. That's what I want to do. That's all I really care about. So uh, hopefully that translates when you're reading my stuff. It doesn't look phony. It doesn't look like I'm calling it in that, you know, this is something I'm really passionate about. And this is what I've chosen to spend my life doing. And are you planning to write, letter, color, art, uh, lines, everything? I do not letter. I do you not don't. letter. I'm terrible. Oh, at you it. are. Joel Rodriguez yes. letters. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Joel right. does uh, Seven Years in Darkness. DC Hopkins does We Don't Kill Spiders. Okay. So uh, Joel's my guy, though, right now. He uh, He's a fantastic letterer. He did some. Now, you'll notice that the ash can that all of you received is a little bit different than the final PDF because the ash can doesn't have a lot of like Joel's cool effects in it which you know we went back and he did some he did some pretty awesome things is all I can say I don't want to ruin it but mm. take a look at what Joel did 
I think he's a fantastic guy. And I told him like, this is your chance to be creative as a letterer too. I trust that he knows what he's doing. My editor, Sean French, he's amazing. I collaborate with him on everything that I do. I do not work with any other editors. So nothing better happened to Sean because I'll be lost. I do like the difference. My big, one of my big fun things I like about comic books is the difference between when someone, they're not going to give too much away, but like when one person talks, sometimes their speech bubbles are different than other people's talking. And I do appreciate that because it helps me as a person who has struggled with reading my entire life to kind of decipher who or differentiate who's talking. Yeah, where is this coming from? I mean, I'm, I also follow the, you've seen my work. I do not, oh, I don't do dynamic paneling. I don't yeah. overcomplicate the situation. The person speaking first is, you know, always standing on the left. The person speaking next is always standing. And I'll shift the camera angles to make that happen. And I'm very cognizant of it when I'm writing the scripts, how to lay that all out. So that there are all these rules that you learn over time creating comics. And I, while my stuff isn't necessarily dynamic, uh, when big moments do happen, I try to make the page as interesting as possible, but I also can't lose the reader's attention. Mm -hmm. I don't want somebody to get hit in a roadblock. When you're creating a page, the whole thing is one piece of art, right? So I don't know. There's a lot. That's actually, that's both fun, rewarding, and the toughest part of the job is laying out pages. Lots of people only focus on making covers. There's a whole part of our industry that is nothing but cover artists. They don't make anything else but mm. that's their bread and butter they don't want to do sequentials sequentials are hard and they're they're kind of thankless honestly covers always sell for more sequentials don't sell for that much so um but that's the part of the the job that i love the most is the world building figuring out the environment making these things come to life and um you know i can always improve too like i had some comments come in from We Don't Kill Spiders, which at the time was my newest thing. And I'm already taking those comments into account while I'm creating this book. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Seven Years in Darkness. So your newest thing should always be your best thing. That's something you're calling in. And, uh, you know, I, I've taken some jobs in the past where I'm working outside of my comfort zone, which is fine. But there are some jobs that now I'm saying no to because I absolutely know I should not be drawing My Little Ponies or Care Bears or something like that. I mean, it, while it's interesting, um, it's not something I'm interested in and it's best left to those that are. So, uh, When uh, a couple of years ago, uh, two cons ago at Bangor Comic and Toy Con, so the one that happened in October of 21, um, Dana Snyder was there, the voice actor um, from... Um, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Forest and all those shows like that. He said that was there's certain things that he just said, I will never voice over or voice act kids toys. He's like, I enjoy voice acting a lot that I'll never actually do like a, you know, some sort of kids story where a kid pushes a button and it's like H is for horse. Because he goes, yeah. I just feel like there was no passion or anything in there for me to do it. So he goes, I know my avenue. I know what I like to do and I know what I want to do and I can make money doing it. So why do the things that I don't like to do? And that's, uh, it seems like something like you're like, I'll do what I like to do. I don't need anything else. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way too. Nobody's waving a million dollar checks in front of my face, but maybe I, I would change my tune if that were the case, right? So <laughs> yeah, 
Work um, at a price. <laughs> I don't know this question for you, but I don't, cause I don't ever, I, before, um, I don't know, past four or five years, ash cans uh, were not something in my knowledge base because I just wasn't that big into comic books. How sure. often is an ash can cover different than the actual cover that comes out? Is this going to be the actual cover that comes out or is it going to, it's going to be the red? Oh, one? no, the actual cover is totally different. Yeah. Um, the ash can, uh, you know, this is, this is my project. 100%. You're looking at mm-hmm. an unvarnished, look at what I can produce. And like I said, even this ash can is going to be different from the, um, the issue one that comes out because ash cans are proof of concept. Yeah. The issue one cover okay. looks like yeah. this, except for it's like this reddish orange yeah. that's in the background behind me. So that's the actual issue one cover uh, that will be the direct market, yes. quote unquote, because not using diamond or lunar distribution. There's no company putting this out. It's just me. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Patreon variant is different than the one that you guys are doing, yeah. than the one that uh, the ECGCE is doing, or L Ray. You know, there are some really amazing covers out there. The One Stop Shop is doing two different covers. Um, trying to, uh, off the top, Nocturnal Rabbit. And then, of course, whatnot is mm-hmm. uh, uh, doing a cover. And I, I know I'm leaving someone out. The 616. The yes, I saw that one this morning, yeah. And um, they're, they're all just fantastic uh, pieces. And uh, if you like the series, when you see it, I am going to put down the information somewhere where it mostly in my Patreon. But as soon as they start releasing that information online, I will be sharing it with everybody because I want everybody to go out and support these stores that supported me and get the really cool covers that they're putting out. So... I also like they're broad. It's not like you know you live in Maine, so it's not like okay, all these local Maine stores are the ones that have these store variants. There are, I mean, obviously you mentioned Australia. You know, one stop shop is in Massachusetts, so there is this more broad. broad I don't know where six one six is and all those other places are, six but like six. I want to say that they're in New Jersey. Uh, Nocturnal Rabbit is Texas. Um, the Lake County Comic Con is doing a variant. They're in Orlando area, Florida. Um, so yeah, it's kind of spread out all over the country. Um, I, the Hive might be doing um, a variant, but their variant might just be nothing but metal covers. I'm mm-hmm. not hundred percent sure yet. We're still talking, but they're in Utah. So like, you know, it's all over the country. Different people are getting involved. The, uh, the actual print run, soup to nuts, everything that got printed for this was around 4,000 copies altogether, which is pretty decent mm-hmm. um, for something that, will get picked up by another publisher and it will come back out again. So if you can find these at these various shops, these are all limited edition uh, books. I am currently working on issue two. So um, that will start coming out uh, through Patreon. Patreon will see it first uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, This weekend, I don't think they're gonna see a page again, but uh, that's because I I have to, you know, I'm starting my con season, so I'm traveling around a lot, but I'm going to make it up to everybody by giving them like two pages over the upcoming weeks and stuff like that. Once I get into actual page creation mode, I do nothing but create pages. Mm-hmm. But right now, um, me and Ben Bishop uh, and uh, the owner at El Rey, we started a collaborative uh, cover um, company called The Main Vein. Main, yeah. Uh, and and it's double entendre because it's like a dick joke and it's it's the state of Maine. Maine. I don't know. 
anyway, so uh, our first two covers have been revealed. We're doing, uh, I did a cover for James Tinian's The Closet and Ben Bishop did a cover for Canto, yep. the, the new Canto series that's coming out. So those will start rolling out in about a week or two. And uh, they're, they're all whatnot and convention exclusives. So the, to get these, you have to either be at San Diego Comic-Con or you have to tune into the whatnot app. And if you're not familiar with it, what, what whatnot is, it's uh, basically eBay Live has kind of a home shopping network feel to it, but there's more content than just uh, look at the product. Well, at least yeah. with the main vein, we're doing something different. I don't know if you tuned into our show, our first main vein show. I did, yes, yes. Yeah, that, that chaos that happened at the end won't happen again. Um, <laughs> but it's fun. Are gonna, are, you get a better conversation. You get to know some people. You get different things with whatnot than it is just simple faceless i buy thousands of dollars of the stuff off of ebay throughout you know a year and you don't know who you're getting it from you don't see the people selling it right it's pretty cool whatnot is pretty cool because uh, paul eaton at galactic comics is a whatnot channel and he does the same thing every every once a week he does a toy toy thing once a week he does comic books and he just does it and a buddy of his shows up at the shop and they just shoot the shit and, and put comic books up and talk about books and, and that's what we're cool. going to do we're going to be more yeah. content focused on our channel than yep. than just selling crap i mean we are selling crap but it's not crap it's good crap <laughs> it's crap. good crap, good crap. um yeah. ben uh, a little little fun thing about the episode that's actually technically dropping tomorrow this one comes out a week later is uh ben mentioned that he shouted out Luis. Uh, about for the colors of his Canto cover. He's like, oh my gosh, great colors. Da, da, da. And Luis wrote back, uh, it wasn't me. I didn't do those colors as much as I want to take credit for him. Ben goes, oh yeah, I did the colors on those. <laughs> Sounds <Yeah>. about right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so with Seven Years in Darkness, the question I have is if when this gets picked up by a publisher, is there, do they just take up, pick up issue, issue two? Do they uh, get second printing uh, issue one? How does that work? what'll happen is it'll get, well, right now it doesn't have massive distribution, right? Correct. So yep. Most people aren't even going to hear about this book. Yeah. That's the truth. Uh, even with 4,000 copies, that's nothing compared to like, you know, Marvel does like yep. hundreds of thousands of a, of a issue of Batman that, you know, nobody cares about, let's say. Yep. But um, yeah. So any publisher picking it up, it gets to, gets mm. to control the narrative of how this is distributed and you know all that hopefully by the time i you know ink is dry on contracts i'll be well into issue three or something at that point my intention is to not rush into signing with anybody if i don't have to mm -hmm. and um just simply keep bringing this out directly because i can do all of that at you know with the knowledge that i've gained over the last couple of years and the connections that i've brought from doing conventions and and meeting with shops and creators that's what's helped me you know do the distribution for what i'm doing now I, i'm excited because because it is fun to see this process too i mean you, it feels more organic and homegrown which is really cool i mean it's nice it would be nice to have 350 shops carrying this comic book because i mean it's out there more as more copies you sell the more money you make then the next thing you can do the build bigger you can build your brand but uh but it is cool to see this like homegrownness to you it you guys whole, are going like, to be sitting on something very cool and yeah. unique that only you know a couple hundred copies of it exist and yeah i'm sure it'll be you know if things go well 
it, it will increase in value, which is always awesome for the collector's market. You guys will be sitting on a very cool, um, you know, and profitable variant. I want everybody that I work with to make money. So, Are you going to do a legendary copy cover? Mm, no, no. The legendary edition, um, it's pretty cool, but it's also pretty cumbersome. <laughs> I don't know. I, I should never say never. No, but thing. yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's a process getting those made. And um, no, what I do have this year, though, <laughs> that is cool and unique. Yeah. At conventions this year, I'm doing this book. And it's 100 pages on the inside. I won't give it away. But the only way to get it is with a sketch on it. So I, I'll do a custom sketch. You get this cool 100-page book. The only way to get it is from me. And there were only a hundred of this cover made and there's another cover with the screaming skull behind yep. me. That's so, awesome. So that's more manageable. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's actually manga sized. So, so it's more manageable for sure. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the, uh, I have, you can't see that paper on top of the shelf is my legendary Phantom star killer, um, uh, uh, op- uh, cover and it's one of those things it's like i can't you can't put it you can't even put it in a comic book box you can't do anything with it, it has to be displayed you I've, can't. I've seen people they take it and then they they put it in 11 by 17 frame like frame. They a print and then they hang that but yeah i i understand man it's it's a big book i i love the legendary edition stuff i love seeing my artwork at that size yeah. i'm always playing around with format paper the look of things seven years in darkness is a whole nother creature and you know, wherever I take this, um, you know, it depends on whether or not they're open to that. Mm-hmm. Because as the publisher of Black Caravan, I was able to have a lot more freedom to do what I what I do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't want Black Caravan to be the Joe Schmalky and Rich Woodall show. I also have other creators out there that I, I need to push their books. Mm-hmm. And um, so moving this out of that publishing part of things will help me focus when I'm working at Black Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. And I know Paul had mentioned something about uh, having you and Bob come up and do a signing at some point at the shop. Are you going to do the other shops too, or is that like going to be spread? So, uh, spread? You know, when, when people are out of state or whatever, they can find me at conventions. I'm traveling all over the country. Uh, I'm at C2E2, which is in Chicago this year. I'm at San Diego this year. Um, I'm going back down to Florida. Um, doing a bunch of shows in new england so if you're in new england you've seen my stupid face a bunch but uh if you live in the midwest i'll be at c2e2 if you live on the west coast i'll be at san diego and then i'll be back down south florida isn't really the south they're okay. like kind of south sort of south <laughs> they're the south anyway yeah. i'll be back in uh at the lake county comic con in okay. late november so you know I, I oh and heroes Heroes yes. Convention, which is North Carolina. We're doing that next June. Month. Yeah. yeah. A month ago. So from, month from now until November, I'm at shows. I like, I have only a few weekends left to myself for the rest of the year, which yes. is crazy. But That's insane. Yeah. It, next year, I have to do a lot less. It's just the pandemic shut everything down. Now's the time to go back out and see everybody again and, and really try and connect and, and talk to people that have supported me and um, make sure that, you know, anyway, so shops that have worked with me that are nowhere yeah. near me, either a, I've already talked to them and I, 
I have the same deal with anybody that supports me. You send me the content, yeah. I'll sign whatever you have, fill out whatever paperwork you want and send it in so you can get it graded or I can just send it back to you. It's yeah. not a Right. I mean, I'm excited. I just got this in the mail. I forgot about this. I got this in the mail uh, over the but weekend. You got the 8 billion genies. What'd you yes. think of the story? I think I, I think love it. Like, it's, I, I'm so, I was been so excited. I mean, I've been a bit Charles soul and Ryan Brown fan for a while since uh, curse words and the story is amazing. I can't wait. I love how it's only eight issues. I love the different things that are going on on it about it, but like, it's the same thing with like, with you, you know, some of my favorite artists and stuff like that, like getting the crossover. I like the story. So that's why I originally like, it's like what originally drew me into getting a variant cover by you. And, you know, I got Ben's and the same thing with the 8 billion genies. I like getting your, you have a lot of variants out there too. So getting all of them is, is, is financially burdensome for one person. But when you like the interior story as well, it adds to it the, makes it, the it yeah. Makes it up. yeah. So yeah. Not currently, typically I don't let people dictate to me what I'm doing on the cover, but the, the owner at nocturnal rabbit had a, had a clear vision of what he wanted for the cover. And that's what I gave him. So, <laughs> Um, uh, I, I do love how it does girls have writing unicorns yeah. isn't like my favorite thing on the earth to draw but uh, I thought it looked cool in the end so uh, yeah and yeah. the flow of the tail and the rainbow to the fact that your little signature on the cover is also rainbow. in the rainbow colors is awesome <laughs> I, I went I went full Monty on it I, I showed <laughs> it to my daughter thinking she'd be excited with unicorns and rainbows she was not impressed she was like eh, it's okay I was like oh all right. No, it's a fun cover. I just, I like I said, I'm looking forward to the rest of that story. That story is going to be fun. Uh, those guys look like they have fun. Charles and, and, and Ryan Brown as well. Um, not the Ryan Brown. The, the Ryan Brown is the one that the art, does some art on uh, Murder Hobo. That's the Ryan Brown, right? Yes. Well, that's my Ryan Brown. It's <laughs> yes. RGB, Ryan G. Yes. Brown. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, we, we have uh, one more. Well, we have the graphic novel coming out soon. Mm -hmm. uh, which collects everything that's been produced thus far. And we're calling it the chaotic collection volume zero, because the way that that book came out just didn't make any damn sense to anyone. Uh, but me and Ryan uh, are moving forward with the, the series and uh, the first issue already looks awesome. And I think we're going to kickstart it to be honest. Okay. So um, yeah. So if you like that series, there is more to come. And we, we also sell miniatures and stuff to the main characters. So if you want those, we have them on our website and stuff like that. The rage red ones actually glow in the dark. So the blue ones. Oh, you got the blue ones. Yeah, look at those guys. Yeah, the We Don't Kill Spiders minis are supposed to be coming in this week. So sweet. Uh, those would be cool too. And those, those I put together pretty much, uh, at least the We Don't Kill Spiders ones. From soup to nuts, I did the entire like process working with Willie Cow, my sculptor. Uh, I did all the packaging art, the card art, and then um, the ones that I'm getting my exclusives glow bright purple. Uh, I thought the the glow on these was good, but it wasn't like the stunning like mm -hmm. you turn off the lights and you're like, what is that? What's going on? These these will do that. So you have it in a little kid's bedroom, you have to put something over it because they won't be able to sleep because they're so bright. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for the future of, uh, of Seven Years in Darkness. It is a fun, uh, a, a, I say fun, I hate the word fun because it's pretty, pretty dark. But um, well, it is fun, man. Uh, you know, horror, horror yes. is not supposed to be, you know, this, I'm not expecting to win like some 
flipping award for this thing. I'm, I am having fun with it and it, it is dark and it's gruesome and it's going to be, it's going to have funny elements to it. And I hope that you grow to love some of these characters. Then I hope I smash your heart when they don't make it. So uh, yeah, there you go. Um, the, like I said, like the color, I love the colors on it. It just doesn't look like you're, was that the plan from the beginning? Like to do this color, like just very simple. I'm just not a really good colorist, but I'm, I wanted to control all the art. So I yeah. keep the palettes incredibly okay. simple. Mm -hmm. um, so I have like 10 different palettes that I switch in between for different environments. Like I have a snowy environment. Mm -hmm. I have a nighttime environment. I've got a fall time environment, stuff like that. Uh, what you see at the end of issue one is my black light palette. So, you know, the, the, I'm not reinventing anything. I'm just not a great colorist. Uh, so my color theory is like very simple. Mm. I, I've got like this thing in the back of my head that says, keep, keep it simple, stupid, right? Like nothing's overly complicated. I am making something that, uh, yeah, I, I'm in the back of my head. This story is way bigger. And obviously like I, I take it very seriously, but I'm hoping everybody just enjoys themselves. Yeah. And they come to this. I can see, uh, you know, as people don't know this listening to this, but the fact that I can see pages 24 and 25, the end of the book, uh, in those, um, like 1990s or whatever that's like the big with the velvet and the colors on it, the oh, posters yeah. they put light, on the wall, black light posters. Put yeah. those like we could get some of those instead of the legendary editions, just do some of those of those kind of pages. Make some in black that. light pages, <laughs> I could definitely do that. Well, because what you're looking at there is basically when they're in the outside environment yeah. of the academy, but inside each of the buildings, there's a different, you know, it's a magical school. Yeah. So different things happen in different places. So I, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, very much excited for it. I'm excited. I'm guessing, are you going to be able to come up in October or sorry? Yeah. October to the weekend of the wicked at Bangor. Yeah, I, I'm a guest. I'm a guest. Okay, sweet. And uh, then uh, we, then we, they moved to Portland. Uh, the following it back out, out in April of 2023, we're going to be in Portland. So that's a lot uh, less driving for you. Yes. Yes. Next year, the intention is to, um, you know, I obviously want to try newer stuff. Mm -hmm. Me and my wife, we'd like to go out uh, across the pond to Europe again. She, she lived in Italy for like a year and a half and I've been over to Belgium and Iceland and stuff like that. Prague, you know, Czech Republic. But we want to take the kids, and if I can find a convention over there that'll like host us, we'll be going. Mm -hmm. That's the That'd idea. be exciting, and that's worth it because I mean, obviously, why not, right? If you can, people do that for all the time for their work. At the, uh, I used to have a friend who drove a truck pickup truck or a tractor trailer truck across the country, and he'd been in the com company for eighteen years, so he got to pick his route. And when he picked his route, he was a big baseball fan, so he would pick it where he'd spend oh, the night and go to the baseball games. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's like, it was basically for, I had to pay for the ticket. But I was like, the lodging, gas, transportation, all that stuff was free because it was part of my job. And then I just be able to get to go to all the baseball stadiums in the country. I was like, yeah, if you can do that it, you can do it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like if you can go to, if you can, you can go on vacation and have a con basically help, help with that, uh, offset some of that cost. Why not? Right. Exactly. But yeah, again, I am planning on cutting down on the amount of shows mm -hmm. I do next year because, you know, I've got wife and kids and stuff and I like to spend time with my family and being away from them. I'm not 20 anymore. I'm, you know, I'm 40. You're not. I get tired. Old man schmalky. I being at MegaCon this weekend, I was like, it's too much. It, like yeah. all day yesterday, I was just sitting on my ass, being like, uh, 
Like and do you do these by yourself? Are you, I mean, I know you do, but you do Bangor, but like, were you the only one in your booth? No. You? Uh, when I was at, when I was at Megacon, I was a guest of uh, another creator. Okay. I was just tabling with him, but I wasn't really there most of the time. I was like out talking to people and meandering around and, uh, like I said, it's a gigantic show. If you can't make it to San Diego or New York, try that one. It's it's pretty impressive. Plus, and it's in it's, Orlando, right? Yeah. It's and not that far from Disney. Go, yeah. If you want to make a, a day of that and then go to Disney, why not, right? Cosplay to the con and then wear the same cosplay to Disney and freak out some, some people at Disney World. That's the idea, right? <laughs> definitely selling this to Disney. There's no way that doesn't happen. That's right, right? And this is this is gonna be a Disney. That'll be property. the next Disney movie, right? It's just like kids getting like laid waste over seven years. Oh yeah, exactly, right? But absolutely. So uh, I am a big fan of your Patreon, and that's first thing was is that I read a lot of comics digitally. I do like reading them digitally. I like owning them and holding and smell. When I took this out of the bag and board, I smelled it because I like the smell of printing and stuff. But Oh, you well, should that, talk about, that, yes, that's, that's printed weird. Yeah. That's that's done on a risograph. So if you open it up, those pinks in there, uh, that's not at all what's going to be in the regular comic, mm -hmm. right? You've seen Correct. what the other what the yeah. real colors are going to be, but on a risograph, you only get a limited amount of colors, right, to produce the effect. So um, I had those done uh, in Bethlehem, New Hampshire. The uh, the people that did it are awesome, but risograph printing is is a particular kind of printing. It's an oil-based ink, and it feels kind of velvety to mm -hmm. the touch, you know? So it, it's very old school, and it's it's like a piece of art. So uh, the only way to get these ash cans is from me, mm -hmm. uh, and that's either through by joining the Patreon or finding me at a convention. I do not sell these online to anybody but patrons. Um, again, and I, I'm almost out of the ones I'm bringing to shows yeah. for the year. As soon as issue one comes out, I might just like box up the rest for future patrons. I mean, mm -hmm. it's so. it's a it's a fun uh, uh, thing to have. I, said, I like the digital part of it because I was able to read digitally. My wife goes to bed before I do. I usually have my iPad in bed so she can sleep, turn the yeah. light off, yeah. and I can do it. And that's like I said, even if it's that's even if that's the simplest reason why I'm a Patreon of yours forever, it's the digital version of it. Then um, that's 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 worth it to me. Otherwise, there's all kinds of other benefits as well to be a Patreon uh, subscriber as well. So, well, uh, I'm hoping everybody's happy with the content they received. I mm -hmm. hope everybody is cool with me taking a two week reprieve so that I can like keep making this cool book and i promise i'll be back with <laughs> all new content in issue two and we get introduced to a new character at the school he's actually you see a little piece of him on the very last page he's in the far right corner he's like the only humanoid looking thing in front of this doorway so uh if you look back you'll see that he actually does appear there for the first time uh, and then obviously I saw you the issue two covers also in that on the Patreon when you get to see that. So you get to see issue two's cover, right? At the very end. Yeah, that's that's the new character. Uh, yeah. So the first first four issues are each dealing with a different kid. Um, mm -hmm. oh, well, every issue is going to introduce you to a new character, but then after you get a brief introduction to them, you go into the real time. Time has passed now, like weeks have passed that these kids have been at the academy and certain things have happened mm -hmm. so, so. Uh, at, at the end of issue one you know two of these kids you've got matthew and you've got mm -hmm. elena and uh so 
issue two starts off with her story. And unlike Matthew, who's going into this very blind, you know, he's very confused by all this. Mm. She knows exactly what's going to happen. And that's a different vantage point on who, who, uh, who's part of this, this academy, which is really cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, patreon.com slash schmalky, right? right? Uh, let me look. Yeah, I think it is. Patreon.com slash schmalky, S-C-H-M-A-L-K-E. At yeah, Schmalky on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Too. Yeah, and my Instagram Twitter. will link you right to my Patreon. Uh, every once in a while when my shop is over, it will link you to my Etsy store. But of, of course, if you're a Patreon backer, you get a discount. And I always let you know a day ahead of time before I launch it on uh, Instagram. So you get first pickings. And there are numerous things that are going to be in my shop that are not available to the rest of the public. So there you go. Benefits. It's worth it. I've bought things. I've only bought one thing off your shop before because I see you. I say semi-regular enough that I actually get to purchase things from you in person. But um, it is fun to see that your store is up. You're like, oh, it's up for this weekend. I always have to click on it. I always have to see what's available. And, and I'm excited now that I'm a Patreon subscriber as well that I also get a discount. So it's beneficial. There you go. All right, man. Well, <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. I, I'm happy. I was. It, it was awesome to see that you and Galactic came in and and got a variant with me. And uh, everybody should buy it because Bob's yeah. awesome. Bob's it's a really awesome. Cool yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, so, and we uh, will come up and we will sign those and yes. we'll make a whole thing out of it. It'll be, It'll be uh, regular covers and metal covers, which is really cool too. I'm excited for that. Uh, and uh, those will be out obviously sometime in June, hopefully. Uh, we obviously know more as we get closer. Yeah, the and... metal covers will probably take you guys a little yes. bit more yeah. time, but you will have them eventually. And of course, you control the stock of these things. So probably it's... super limited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very limited, but I'm excited. So, uh, Seven Years in Darkness, check out online. If you type in Joseph Schmalky online, you're going to find everything about him because it's you're the only Joseph Schmalky that I am aware of. I so. think I dominate all of Schmalkydom. <laughs> my my cousin uh, Benjamin, he he had some world record for something. It was like hand flapping. I can't remember. But uh, beyond that, uh, yeah, there's. It's hard to find any. Is that your next together. next book? Is going to be called uh, something about hand flapping? Next okay, comic book. <laughs> Benjamin's a really good guy. I'm not shitting on his 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 award <laughs> there. Uh, I just happened to take over most of the like Google search. Stuff. Yeah. Now yeah. my family is from the uh, deep South. Most of the Schmalkies live in Louisiana or Minnesota. So they're on either the Midwest or the, or the South and they're, they're decent people. I I'm just not particularly close with any of them. Yeah. So, but Schmalky is the Schmalky and you and obviously uh, you have a, a wife. All the main Schmalkies are yes. my family. Yes. Family. So, <laughs> and they rock. My kids are amazing. And my Ruby. my son just turned one this week so last week so oh, right on Congrats. yeah my daughter's Thanks, turning nine this um in three days she has so many good gifts i did it this year i, I went all out <laughs> that's amazing ozzy my birthday is the 15th of may and hit my son's is the 18th of may so from this point on it's my son's birthday month <laughs> so there's this thing as my birthday anymore but i'll take it he's a did gift you get to me anything good uh yeah i mean my parents stopped by galactic comics and collectibles before they visited and got me a uh nine eight princess leia sign yep nice yep so paul was nice enough to my parents uh and then uh yeah uh but yeah my parents were nice my my, my wife got me I, i'm a big scotty young fan but 
my wife got me these that he released on his site too oh those are cool I yeah those before. and so uh, uh yeah she's very very nice to me she's uh looking out for me with my scotty young love but the problem is, is i love scotty young and so does paul eaton the owner of the shop so anything that comes in he always gets first pick on so i'm always get the scraps from him uh, you you gotta meet up with him at a show and get your own commission i know they're only like what eight thousand dollars or something you that's go a funny quick funny story my my wife found out that i was a big fan of scotty young and she's like oh let me look this guy up and she you know went to his website and stuff like that and she was thinking that he was like you know local you know independent artists doing these things or whatever she's like maybe i'll get a to do a drawing for him and she realized she thought like the minimum on there was like twenty five hundred dollars and she's like yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah, like yeah no <laughs> pretty famous yeah and then uh yeah so that's pretty funny but yeah it was uh it was a good uh good week and my son uh, he was uh, pretty excited uh, for all the see all the people and get all the gifts that he got. He ate some cake and and had some good time. So it was really nice. My, my parents live in Connecticut, so I very rarely get to see them. And they were able to come up and celebrate. So I got to see them and hang out. Do you so get it was the fun. same flavor every year or do you switch it up? Flavor cake? I like golden cake with chocolate frosting. That's my, my go-to. That's your go-to. So, and I'm actually a big box cake fan. Like My wife hates it because she likes to bake. And right. I'm just like, just give me... You know, Duncan Hines, whatever it is, frosting and a yellow cake and call it good. You don't have to go all out and make frosting for me. And she's like, oh, my gosh, really? Oh, that's what I want. So that's what I get. <laughs> I feel you, man. I yeah. have certain things like that, too. I eat Underwood deviled ham sandwiches. You know, it's just that ham spread. that you I love that stuff. See? I mean, Great I know minds think alike. But uh, my, uh, my birthday cake of choice is the, the Brooklyn blackout cake. And my wife it's like a feat and uh it takes her a couple days to make to it do so. it so you should look it up you I'll really want to look it up. your wife <laughs> <laughs> uh, check out schmucky's on facebook or on instagram he's on all the social stuff and he's on um you know again patreon.com slash malky schmucky and then uh yeah anything else no that's it man i, yeah. I hope to see people out at shows this year and if if you don't see me out at shows my store does open every month uh just follow me on instagram facebook there is a uh, private facebook group called the schmalky army with a bunch of exclamation points um if you don't have the money to join patreon join that group it's free i usually make an announcement that i'm making in patreon a day or two later there mm -hmm. and it's nice because you get to interact with other people who are also fans of your work as yep. well which is nice so i'm part of that as well so i did that first obviously because that was the first thing but, it's a private group though so yeah. it's hard to find it there you yes, go yes. yeah i know that. people <laughs> you gotta know some uh thanks for joining me man and uh stay safe at all the cons have fun keep working hard because we love it thanks man thanks for having me